Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Chicago Sports Podcast from the perspectives of Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. Hey, Dub, what's a good word, fam? Hey, man, things good, man. Perez, how you been, brother? Man, it's been awesome, bro. Been awesome time, man. Your holidays, I'm assuming Christmas is good and everything. Yeah, man, Christmas is great. You know what, Perez? It's always good. You know, just like you and I talked about before. Just sitting back, chilling with family, man, soaking it all in, taking the time away from work and all that stuff. Just enjoy family. That was pretty much my biggest takeaway. I mean, we had some some COVID, uh, you know, issues within the household. So that was tough around the holidays. But nevertheless, you know how it is. This has become a way of life for most of us. So we had to learn how to navigate the holidays with a COVID positive test in the household. But other than that, man, it was a blessing just to be here, to be able to have that downtime. And hey. We do what we got to do, right? Yes, sir. Everything is good. Yeah, man. Everything's cool. Uh, clear selling, man. Just trying to take it, take it easy, and just trying to be safe and trying to protect everybody else. Because I think that's the when I look at this whole thing, that's what it really it, it boils down to. Is this something that we all gonna have to live with? But we also got to take precautions and be safe. You know what I mean? That precaution thing is gonna be huge, friends. And I know a lot of us are trying, but sometimes it's unfortunate. You know? Yeah, like I said, um. This thing here is a lot about it. We still don't know <laughs> a lot of misinformation out there. So most people, I just implore people to just be safe, man. <laughs> Rule of thumb with this whole thing is do everything you can possible. <laughs> Sometimes even that's not enough for some to keep people from getting this thing. But at the end of the day, that's all we can do. And hope for the best. That's it, man. Try your best. Let's get into it. Audience, as always, this show is brought to you by Crave It. You can join our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The Crave It app is available on Apple and Android. So, A-Dub, we're going to kick the show off by talking about your Chicago Cubs. It's been interesting. There's a lot of rumors circling around right now related to Carlos Correa potentially coming to Chicago. Now, it may not happen, but the fact that I hear that name within the Cubs stratosphere, I thought it was something we should talk about here on the show today. Hey, man, thanks for bringing this up because... um... Chicago is not just sitting around. The Cubs are like trying to be players out here. So we're talking about us starting fresh, starting over. We're looking at possibly tooling. So I'm hoping that we could land Carlos, but that would change our franchise. So when you look at it, and there's a shit ton of teams here. So audience, I know we got a lot of Cubs fans that tune into the show. Just know that you guys are also amongst about 16 or 17 other teams that are mentioned as a potential fit for him. However, when I just saw that there was a potential Interest there. It seems like, hey, where there's smoke, there's fire. Honestly, Cubs fans, I'd be pretty excited if you guys can get him. Now, the one thing here, the Cubs may not go after him because you guys got Nico Horner. What if he might be the answer is short? 
who knows? I mean, we are talking about Carlos Correa, who might be a future Hall of Famer in the league versus a young prospect that you guys might not know about. However, if they could take a chance on Herner and he develops, then you save yourself quite a bit of money. We know about Carlos Correa. We know what he's able to do at 27 years old, what he's already accomplished. So that would be great if we can land him. We'll see what happens here. But I still think I'm going to still push back on the fact of if you don't have to spend that kind of money, that money can be spent elsewhere within your roster. Because that helped the Sox a long time ago when a lot of people wanted us to go after um, Manny. We didn't get Manny. And I remember back in that time, T.A. was like, hey, we're good. We don't need Manny. Well, what did the White Sox do with that excess money that they didn't spend on Machado? They were able to re-up Jimenez. They were able to re-up Robert. They were able to use that money to get guys here and keep them here long term. So sometimes, you know, going to spend $300 million on one player, that may not be the solution here. So we'll see what happens with the Cubs. But Correa will be a good get. But I imagine if, if the Cubs are wise, they could potentially earmark that money in multiple areas of their team. I want to transition over to the Chicago White Sox. So we have our own issues here as far as our starting pitching rotation. Carlos Rodon, who started off the season very well, and then kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch. I feel like he had some fatigue. He was injured a bit. One of the big things when I was looking at A-Dub was, okay, what are the White Sox next steps here? So when this MLB lockout ends, they're going to have to find a replacement for Carlos Rodon. And it can't just be any old replacement. It's got to be somebody that's solid, that can eat up innings. Also, I think we got to have an upgrade there in right field for the White Sox. The White Sox got a lot of guaranteed money on the books. So it's going to be tough to try to figure out what they're going to be able to do with this pitcher situation. But this is a team that's right that's right there as, as being a potential contender. So I hope that Rick Hahn and company can try to figure this out because we really could use, like I said, an upgraded right field. Some people may think that we need to upgrade a second base. We'll see what happens there. But my biggest focus is on replacing Carlos Rodon and getting a strong and reliable arm there in that starting rotation. Good luck with trying to find somebody to replace Rodon. I do understand that qualifying offer $18 million, you all may not be spending it on him, but it's going to be tough because I know a lot of those um, pitchers, man, who are pretty good, are starting to be off the market, like Verlander. You know, of course, you know, Scherzer, I'm not saying you guys want to go that far with it, but some of those guys off the market. OPEC could be that other starter. Can he hold it down? I don't know. It remains to be seen. I know you all had a lot of hope for him. We'll see what happens, but you're right. Replacing Rodon's going to be huge because that guy had a phenomenal season, even though his arm got tired on him. We got Lance Lynn, Giolito, Dylan Cease. Those guys are solid. Kopech, I mean, the guy throws hard. I think the Kopech will be ready. I think it's one of those situations with this season, we're going to have to take the, the training wheels off and let him go. The person I'm looking at in this rotation and I really need to step up is Dallas Keiko. But also, I wouldn't be opposed if they went out and got somebody. At the end of the day, Kopech is still a very young player. Let's do everything we have to do because right now that window is open and we know how it is with contending in major league, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, that window closes on you very quickly. So right now the White Sox have to do everything they can to put themselves in that right position right now. Yeah, you're right about that. Cause it's about right now with the White Sox, not later. It's about now. What are you guys going to do? How are you guys going to continue to maintain, you know, one of those top teams but I'm excited for it either way, man. And I miss baseball. I hope they get this lockout situation sorted up and figured out because I want baseball back here very soon. I love spring training baseball. I just love everything about baseball coming back in March. So baseball, do the right thing. Don't fuck us over. We want the sport back. You guys figure that shit out, please. Well, let's transition over to the University of Illinois. So audience, we didn't get a chance to recap that bragging rights game, but our 
fighting the line I went out there to St. Louis and they put in some work. They got that victory for us. That was just a beautiful game to see how Illinois just controlled that thing from start to finish, man. It was just a thing of beauty. It was an awesome game. They definitely controlled most of that game there, Press. They got a little stagnant, you know, in the first half near the end. But for the most part, they controlled everything. In the second half, they just won the spurt and just say, look, we're taking you guys out. I mean, three-point shooting was excellent, Press. Kofi was great, fantastic. I mean, it was just an awesome game, man. You kind of, like, enjoy watching the Illinois team. I like what I'm seeing from these guys. To that point, in the first half, the Illini were up by 14 going into halftime. But when you saw the way that things kind of started off, Missouri, they were able to limit Kofi a little bit, but they weren't able to stop those shooters. They weren't able right. to do shit with Trent Frazier. They weren't able to do anything with, with Plummer in that first half because Plummer had 10. Kofi had 10 because Kofi started to get a little warm there in the second part of that first half. But in the initial part of the game, they had a nice little answer to Kofi, but Kofi settled into the game pretty well there in that first half. He settled in well, but I like what you were saying about Trent Frazier, man. That guy, when he see this team go a little bit stagnant, Frazier, he'll just take over, man. And I'll tell you, man, Frazier made some big buckets, threes. I mean, he can take off quickly with good points. So I, I like that, that kid, man. He really is, amazes me. A lot of people forget this, but Trent Frazier early in his Illinois career, he was a scorer. But Trent Frazier, because he's a team, an ultimate team guy, he reined in his scoring abilities for I.O. He made room for I.O. and then Trent Frazier became more of an off-ball defender type of player. But we're seeing in this fifth year for Trent Frazier here in the Illini uniform, this kid right here is showing you that offensive ball. He's showing you that three ball. The way that this team has been shooting the ball, it's been lights out. And I love the fact that Illinois right now is kind of hovering around that top 25 right now because they're the hunter. And I think this team is better in a, in a situation where they're the underdog when they have something to prove. I really like that. And I really hope that they take on that type of persona going down the stretch and start taking down some of these teams there, especially in the Big Ten. The Illinois team is scary, man. I think that a lot of people are starting to watch and see what they're doing, the inside-outside game. They love to step their game up. The bigger the competition, the better this team want to play. So I expect some great Illinois, whether we advance far or not, Chris, it's, we're a tough out. We know how this works with the NCAA tournament. The teams that shoot well, those are the teams that are going to go far. And the way that Illinois is knocking down those three-point shots right now, and they're doing this without Andre Cabello. I know all this. I keep telling you guys that, but I'm going to have to keep saying this over and over so that people that way people realize that this team is peaking and they're doing so without their preseason All-American candidate point guard. So just imagine the looks that he's going to be able to get those shooters when he gets back out there. Because the thing about Cabello, his dribbling ability, his ability to get to the hole, and the ability to create shots for other people, we're missing that right now. Just imagine that inside game once Andre Cabello comes back. I can't wait to see how Brad Underwood fits him back into the equation here because it'll be interesting to see if he brings him back off the bench or if he puts him back in that starting lineup. We'll see what happens there, but I just can't wait till Cabello gets back. Chris, I think man, I, I'm a big fan of Dre. I think Dre is the guy that keeps everything together. I mean, with this ball handling ability that you talked about, the team's trying to press us for his. He's very good at, you know, uh, breaking it down. I mean, when he comes back, you're right. It makes things easier for Grandison and Plummer. Those guys should be able to thrive off Dre. But you're right. It'll be interesting how Coach utilizes him when he comes back. He's going to have him off the bench or have him in the starting rotation. Wherever it's going to be, I know he's going to put Dre in the best position possible to be effective. And I just hope that he's good, first and foremost. I've seen it on Twitter where he's posted about how he misses being out there with his brothers and whatnot. I just hope that he's good, man. And whenever he's ready to come back, 
I know all of Illini Nation will be looking forward to that moment. And also, we talked about Kofi very briefly in the earlier part of this segment. But the fact in this ball game, he left to that standing ovation by those Illini fans. He put up another double-double. There was so much time left on the clock. We didn't even need Kofi anymore. We was blowing those dudes out so bad. <laughs> I like that because this is now yet another game that we get some of those younger guys on the roster to get some playing time. And now this is the second game in a row we saw this happening. And I like that because it's getting these kids ready. You know, you never know what situation may arise, especially with COVID going on. You get guys like Goody, Melendez, and company. You get those guys ready because it's a next man up mentality. So if something happens, you want one of those guys to be ready. Absolutely. And I think this has been good also for um, Hawkins, Chris. I know Hawkins has struggled a little bit, but I think with him now getting some time, coming come up the second unit, getting his confidence back right, because I know Coach want to see him do well. But yeah, you're right. Get other, other guys on this team and an opportunity for us to play. I mean, a critical game like this, bragging rights is big, right? It was good to see that coach is involved with the rest of these guys. Just like you say, you never know what might happen down the road. Anything can happen. Injuries, COVID, the fact that these guys are prepared for something like that, that's always a good thing. And, and, and to piggyback off of your point about Coleman, I really like the fact that Brad has put him with that second unit because not only is the confidence uh, issue, but he just hasn't played well. And so when you inserted Grandison in that spot, now you have a kid that's ready, that's built for the moment, that's ready for the moment, experienced, is going to knock down shots, and is going to play heads-up basketball. See, the basketball IQ of a Jacob Grandison versus where Coleman Hawkins is, we're not even on the same stratosphere. But when I look at Coleman Hawkins, and I've said this before on the show, the guy has a ton of talent. And when his basketball IQ, his confidence, and everything kind of align, oh, he's going to be scary. He's only a sophomore. He'll get there. But I think right now it's going to be really important for him to go back on the bench, to start kind of working through things on practice, and watching and observing what those guys are doing on the court that he's not doing. Now, I talked about that sequence against St. Francis when he didn't box out, and Brett immediately pulled him out of the game. Things like that he can learn from, because when the Big Ten season comes up, you cannot be missing assignments on defense, and you definitely better be boxing somebody out. Oh, yeah, because Coach Underwood don't play, man. He's holding everybody accountable. So I think you're right. Chris Hawkins got to really step up in that area. And I believe he will. You're right. It's all learning for him. Sophomore, he's going to get better. And also just, you know, again, just understanding, just growing his game that way, how to defend better, right? Because you're right. He got the talent. The talent is there. It's more, like you said, the confidence and the execution, just doing all the stuff that needs to be done, the small things, right, that helps you win ball games. I think it comes down to just what sometimes with young players, it takes them a little bit to get it. And Brad Underwood's not the coach that's going to sit here and let you learn on the job. He's going to say, I gave you a couple of days. You had some flashes, but you're not showing me what I need to see. And I like that. That's coaching. And the one thing that Underwood always says in the pressers, he says that he coaches Coleman Hawkins very hard. And at the same time, I wonder how Coleman Hawkins is going to react to that tough coaching down the stretch here this season. So that yet remains to be seen. This is going to be an important stretch of the season here. We saw that that Florida A&M game was canceled. I was really excited for that potential game to go because I figured that would be another opportunity for some of these younger guys like your Coleman Hawkes, your Goodies, Melendez, and so forth. I thought that would have been a game where some of those guys would have got some extended playing time. So with that game getting canceled, we're getting closer and closer to the meat and potatoes of the schedule here. And that's when Brad's going to start to shrink his rotation a bit. And so a lot of those guys are probably not going to see a lot of them get playing time out there. So games like that that get canceled, I know for some people say, oh, it doesn't matter. It's just Florida A&M. But I look at the fact that that was just another opportunity for some of these younger guys to get some valuable minutes out there. 
It's about those younger guys, those on the bench, getting an opportunity to play. And you're right, the experience level with just playing this season here helps, right? But you're right. At some point, the coach will shorten his bench up, you know, in those big games. And it's just good that coach is now figuring out who he wants to go with, how his rotations going to look. But it kind of gives the coach feeling pretty comfortable about this unit that he have out there. We'll see how everything matches up going forward. The next game is January 2nd against Minnesota. As of right now, that game is still scheduled to go down. We'll see what happens here because if Illinois did have an outbreak, they let the kids go back home during the holidays. So it wasn't a big surprise to me when I found out that there were some positive tests. As I mentioned earlier, the shit hit my own household. And that's what's going to happen when you have people traveling and doing various things where they're going to be exposed to people. There could be a situation where this game either gets postponed or canceled too. So we'll see what happens. As of right now, though, it looks like that game is still on. Fingers crossed, though, Adele. I want to see Zion that team play, man. I'm just excited for them. What Underwood did do is the players that tested negative, he got some work in with them. They got some weight room time in. He had some practice time with them. So he's trying to make the most of this time with the players that were negative versus the players that tested positive. So they're just trying to work through that now and try to get guys back healthy. All right, we're going to transition over to the Windy City Bulls. So you talk about another team that's been ravaged by COVID, but also, too, they have unluckily had to fuel the big team. So the Chicago Bulls team that was ravaged by COVID, they had to utilize a lot of players from the Windy City Bulls team. So we've seen guys like Tyler Cook and Devon Dotson and Marco Simonovic all go up to that big team. And then the Windy City Bulls had a couple guys that tested positive as well. So they didn't have enough guys to field on the court. So they had to postpone a number of games. The latest game that was supposed to have been on Wednesday, that game was also postponed. So the Windy City Bulls, they have not been active for a while now. So I'm just wondering what's going on with them. I I don't know much about whether they've been able to assemble and practice and and, and get themselves right. I know that they're not participating in that showcase cup that's going on right now in the G League. But the Windy City Bulls right now, a lot of their main guys are helping the Chicago Bulls right now. This just shows you the impact in the way of COVID, right? What it's doing to pretty much all the levels. It's just unfortunate, man. And um, I would love to see these guys play. but. The Bulls got to do what they got to do, man. You know, G League got to do what the G League has to do as well. So hopefully we'll see these guys playing soon. We know the whole point of the G League is to be that farm system for the big league club. So it's good to see that that G League team is there to kind of help out in the pitch. Also, the fact of what COVID is doing to the NBA, you're seeing a record number of people on these 10-day contracts. The Bulls have done it with McKinney. They recently signed Jordan Bell. We also saw with the Toronto Raptors signed Daniel Oturu to a 10-day contract. So that's one of our Windy City players that has gone back to the league now and the Raptors signed them. So that's one of the things that you're going to see a lot of going down the stretch. You never know what other guys on the Windy City Bulls may get pulled on a 10-day contract in the future. And the way he kind of opened up the floodgates really for a lot of opportunity for those in the G League. It's like, man, you know, this whole thing with what Kobe has done has opened up the floodgates. Perez, they may call me up. <laughs> we'll see, A-Dub. <laughs> <it though. laughs> right. <laughs> but man, this 10-day thing is going crazy, Perez. But I am excited for a lot of these G League players, though, Perez, who are getting a chance. So I think, you know, they've been working their butts off, working hard in the G League, trying to get to the pro level, and now they actually get some chances. And we see it on our own team with the Bulls, where we've seen these guys from the G League are getting a shot. Tyler Cook has been solid in this time. When he's gotten minutes, uh, he's performed out there. But I also feel bad because Dotson and Marco, they both were on the health and safety protocols list. And that was when they were just starting to get some playing time, especially in the, in the way of Devon Dotson. So 
it's a blessing in disguise because these guys are getting that opportunity, but they're also being exposed to all the travel and, and so forth. Yeah. So it's tough. Hopefully those two will get back soon. If you get hit with it's like darn it, setback kind of a thing. But yeah, I hope they all get back well and healthy. Speaking of the Windy City Bulls, their next game is going to be January 5th against the Motor City Crews. So as of now, it looks like that game is on. With anything, though, especially with COVID audience, we'll have to all stay tuned. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. But as of now, that game is scheduled. And you probably should see that this team should probably have all their guys back. I, I would assume that Dotson and, and Cook and, and Marco will be back uh, with the G League team by then. But we'll see. Because that Bulls team, they're starting to get guys returning as well. So you'll probably see that those three guys may go back down to Windy City. Keep our fingers crossed that everything goes in the right direction. Speaking of the Chicago Bulls, I mean, they've done a phenomenal job of navigating through this. This month of December has been insane for them. They've dealt with injuries, A-Dub, COVID shit, stoppages in play as a result of that. I mean, think about the games that we've had postponed and whatnot. The fact that the Bulls have been able to do what they do, they got a 21-10 record right now, second seed in the Eastern Conference. That says a lot about not only this coaching staff, but also the players in that building because they are getting it done. That they are, Perez. You hit a good point with the Bulls. They're doing a fair job at managing and navigating through COVID, man, because I know a lot of teams may have folded under these circumstances, but the Bulls seem to find a way to still inch out some wins despite everything that's going on. So got to salute the organization, man. They're doing a pretty good job. And to that point, the Bulls have had 17 players hit the health and safety protocols list. 17 players, artists. You didn't, you didn't mishear that. 17 people on this team that have been on that list at one point or another. And so we recently have seen where Lonzo's gone on the, on the protocol list. Our head coach, Billy Donovan, is on the health and safety protocols list. Marco, as I mentioned a second ago, Dotson, shit, Ariel Elisova, that they just recently signed on a 10-day contract, he went on the health and safety protocol. This thing is ripping through the entire team right now, and it's crazy how this thing is just having an effect on everything. It's like survival of the fitness. But, man, it's, it's hard. I know it's very hard for the league to, to navigate this entire thing for us. I know at one point I talked about how the league fumbled it a little bit. These organizations have been trying really hard, bringing up players and working through it. Chicago Bulls the same way. Man, I got to split my head out to the NBA. Well, I don't give the NBA any sort of credit. I, I just give the credit to the Chicago Bulls and how they've had to withstand the storm because the NBA, they had to be forced into postponing those games. I didn't fucking forget that shit, Adam Silver. Fuck you because <laughs> you were forcing these guys to go out there and play. When, and, and that Miami Heat game, that's a shame that you guys had them go out there and play in that ball game. That was bullshit. So, honestly, the NBA has not handled this thing well, in my opinion. But I think that the individual teams, especially when I look at the Chicago Bulls, I really respect what they've been able to do because Donovan, Chris Fleming, they've been able to keep those guys competing. And speaking of Chris Fleming, I got to give him some kudos because he's stepping in for Billy Donovan and he's doing a hell of a job. And I love Man. to see how he's performing there because he's not trying to be Billy Donovan. He's being himself. And I love what he's doing with this team right now. Chris Fleming has uh, surprised me, Brez. He's doing a good job with this team. He got them playing hard. He got them closing out games very well. He's actually doing a good job with rotating players in and out the lineup. So, yeah, he's holding it down, man. And not just holding it down. The team hasn't missed a beat. Offensively, they're still moving the ball. They're still playing well. Every game that he's coached with Donovan out, he's won. He's not just having his team performing well. They are exceeding expectations. They are beating teams. They're playing phenomenally. He's replacing 
Billy Donovan, who's a super competitive guy, well, Chris Flynn is coming here. He shows you he got a little bit of that shit in him as well. Hey, man, you may start finding out people looking at all eyes on Chris Flynn. Like, hey, this is a pretty good coach. We have not missed a beat at all. They're actually working hard for his own defense. They're getting the job done, like you said. We haven't missed a beat. And people that, that know the NBA, you're not going to be surprised that, that, to see the success that Chris Fleming has had. He's been in the NBA for seven years. He comes over from the Brooklyn Nets organization. He's one of the top young minds in the league. So it won't surprise me in a season or two if he's starting to get looked at for some of these head coaching opportunities. But, hey, we're going to enjoy having him here while we can enjoy him. Having that type of guy and that mindset, working with Billy Donovan and that coaching staff, it's been phenomenal to see. He's a player's coach. I mean, the, the players love him. Well, speaking of what we talked about with COVID and how it's affected things here with the team. Now, we have had some good news because we started to see some guys coming back from that list. We talked about our recent episodes. Javante Green returned. We also saw Zach Levine returning from the list. Our boy Ayo returned from the list. And that's been a good timing here because not only did we come off of a really good game there against the Pacers when we beat them with DeMar DeRozan went bananas A-Dub, but it was important because we had two matchups this week with the Atlanta Hawks. Now, looking at that Pacers game, that matchup was really important. And DeMar DeRozan continues to excel, not only in the fourth quarter, but just in general of these games. He's being guarded very tightly. These teams know where he's trying to get to on the floor, and I talk about it so much. He still puts the ball in the bucket. DeRozan has been a huge, a huge asset to the Bulls. Press is just with him, man, with his shot, that mid-range. It's a beauty just to watch because he's one of the few that really utilize that and the way he uses it to close games, the way he plays his temple. I mean, he plays his own pace and gets his spots and just make things happen, man. He has been phenomenal at closing games out for the Bulls. And every time I see him play, he's like, you know what? I know DeRose is going to close this out. <laughs> I know he's going to have a good fourth quarter. We talk about his mid-range. Most guys that play in that mid-range, generally you're being defended very closely. So one of the things when I'm looking at him, I see a lot in how Kevin Durant operates in that mid-range. And I think that these two guys, when I look at it, are probably the two best mid-range scorers in the NBA right now. Everybody in the league knows where KD's trying to get his shot. They know where DeRozan is trying to get his shot. But you can't stop those guys because they already got you beat when they pull up. They already know what they want to do. And that's one of those things that is just really great to see that we got somebody like that on this team because DeMar DeRozan is going to be able to get us clutch basket after clutch baskets in the second half of the season and ultimately in the playoffs. Yes, we get playoff basketball coming in here. Imagine late-game situations. You get that ball to DeMar DeRozan in that mid-range area. It's cash. He has so much in his arsenal to get a shot off rest. He got the post. He can turn around and shoot it. It's like he got so many different moves to get a shot off at the mid-range. So it's like, how can you stop all that? You know, it's just too much. So. You can't. <laughs> right, you can't do anything with it, man. And I, you, you made a good point. Like, you know it's coming. I mean, defenders know it's coming. They just don't know how. <laughs> so it's like, hey, you can't stop this guy, man. He's really lethal. And you make a good point about the playoffs, Perez. I am so looking forward to the Bulls in the playoffs this season. Yeah, knock on wood. I, I mean, because I, I don't want to look ahead too far. But where we're at right now, I'm not going to say too much about it right now. But just know, I'm excited, man. And I'm just thinking about the possibilities. But for right now, Hey, I'm just going to focus on what we have in front of us in the right. near future. We'll see what happens. But to the point you were making about DeRozan, <laughs> no slowing him down, no speeding him up. He's going to play to his own tempo, his own pace. 
And I think that's a lesson for a lot of young players, whether it's high school, whether it's college. Watch a guy like DeMar DeRozan. He's not letting anybody alter what he wants to do on the court. That's the level that you want to get in your game, that type of confidence and your skill set, but also the fact that this guy's got moves after moves after moves in his bag and his footwork. That's a lot of things that the young players and in the, in the, in these young players that are coming up, they don't focus on the footwork. Watch DeMar DeRozan's footwork, and you see that's how he's setting these guys up and he's getting wherever he wants to get to on the floor. And a great point right there, Perez, a lot of kids are coming up with a lot of talent, and that's all good and then You can dunk on all that stuff. That's great. But what Perez is talking about, the footwork, that's the skill side of the game. Build your skills up, young fellas. Get in that gym and work on those things like that. Work on your team technique. Work on getting to your position, getting to your spots to make a good shot. So, And also being consistent with it. That's what you see with DeRozan. He's consistent. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. We played the Hawks Monday and Wednesday of this week, A-Dub. And the Bulls played the, the Hawks. The Hawks are very shorthanded. And a lot of people aren't going to talk about that. But the Hawks, <laughs> they were pretty banged up with COVID and everything else was going on. But at the same time, we had to play the Miami Heat that way. So I don't fucking feel bad for them. <laughs> we went through our ups and downs with it. So, hey, but I like the way the Bulls played against that team, even though they were shorthanded. Alex Caruso is still out with that foot sprain. So we were missing him in the backcourt. As I mentioned earlier, Lonzo Ball's out due to COVID-19 protocols. So I was worried about our perimeter defense facing Atlanta Hawks. Those are two of our most strong defenders. We had nothing to worry about because Ayo and Javante was like, we got you. What's up? I've been really excited for Green. And let me tell you why, man. Green has shown his versatility on defense. We see this guy guard KD, everybody. Mm-hmm. So now guarding Trey Young, Chris. I was like, wow, he blocked the shot in one of those games. I was like, look, hey, Green is one of those guys who got a lot of talent, right? He can jump out the gym. We seem to do it. But, man, he can definitely play some defense, and I was happy for him. And then think about Ayo. Ayo, for a rookie, got some very good defensive skills. I mean, he gave uh, Trey Young problems in both games. I said, man, he's going to make it very difficult for White. He really is. I know White's in the starting rotation right now due to the ball being out. But, man, I'm like, this guy, Ayo, is making things very difficult. I said it in the summer when we drafted him. This was a steal. I can't believe that all those teams passed up on Ayo. You know that those NBA GMs right now are kicking themselves. What did I see on that episode? These GMs, they all look for the potential and the flashy guy. And I said, Ayo's not going to be any of those things. What Ayo's going to do is he's going to play hard. He's going to compete night in and night out. And those are the things, sometimes some of the things he does doesn't end up on the stat sheet. But however, for us, they have been. He's been scoring steady. He's been rebounding the ball well. He's been getting steals. The thing that I'm even looking at when it comes to Ayo is the fact that him and Zach Levine look like they have a really good chemistry with one another. And I like seeing that because if you could bring that type of guy off the bench and he's getting some staggered minutes with the starters, man, those guys are going to trust him. And they obviously like playing with him and they like feed off of him. So just really excited to see. Because I know that first game against Atlanta, I know uh, White was struggling that first half. I was like, man, why not start? Why not start? Ayo? I mean, he's showing the ability, like you were saying, to able to play with the stars. Seems like he's very comfortable playing with, like you said, with um, with those guys, man. And um, I hope it continues. If coach feel like the necessary need to do that, it wouldn't be a shocker to us. But it just shows you, man, that this kid as a rookie is able for us to step up and play with veterans. I like Kobe White and what he brings to the table. I think he has dynamic scoring ability. But let's just be honest here. He's not a good defender. And so no. I wasn't surprised that Trey Young 
was carving him up. The fact of the matter is, <laughs> if I'm Kobe White, like you said, he better be feeling Io's presence because not only his Io coming for some of those minutes, but Io may make Kobe White expendable at the trade deadline because you got to remember, AK and Mark Eversley, they see an opportunity here for this team to compete. They are not going to sit on talent if they think they can make a move that can get somebody in here that can make something happen. AK is watching. He is watching. I'm rooting for, um, you know, White to thrive. I, I'm really in. I want to continue to thrive. But, man, IO showing us his value already. I'm quite sure AK is looking at this here for us. He's thinking. He got his mind on some things like, okay, what can I do? How can I make some moves? Whether we make the move or not, but he's thinking about it. No, fair point. But, like I said, I, I'm not going to be one of these fans that's going to sit here and, and trash Kobe White because the guy is still a very talented ball player. But what we're he seeing is. here is we should be excited for the development of IO. Honestly, that second unit is going to be better for it. So imagine Kobe and Io playing on the same unit together. So that's the way that I see it. We don't know what's going to happen with AK and, and Eversley and their thinking. But right now, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy what we're seeing from Io because this guy is relishing these opportunities to defend a Trey Young and some of these tough assignments that he's already gotten so far in his young career. We haven't even talked about how awesome Zach Levine was in his return from COVID. But Zach Levine, man, this dude right now is unreal. That fucking dunk that he had in that Hawks game, man, that shit was nasty. Just fucking nasty. These people got families, bro. For real. <laughs> For real. I said, the dunk chip come out and show us something. I said, man, just because Zach out there making jumpers and hitting threes, hey, he still got them hops, man. He still can make some things happen with those amazing plays. So that was a lot of excitement, bro, on that plate. But again, I just got to get kudos to the, to the rook. Io, time and time again, is showing us he's ready. And all this, I'm sorry, forgive me, but I'm going to say playoffs one more time. But I'm just imagining a guy like Io in a first-round playoff series. You could give him some spot minutes and give him a tough defensive assignment, and you could probably feel confident that he's going to give you some hard minutes there. He's going to compete. He's going to dive on the ball. He's going to be tough. And that's what you want. You want that Chicago state of mind with your ball player in those moments. And Io, he's got that Chicago state of mind. One thing I want to piggyback on with Io, Perez, is like you said about giving him some minutes in the playoffs. I think the fact that he's been going up to against a guy like Trey Young now, two for two games right there, and see how he played against him. You know Trey Young, but it's like, man, to see how he played against him, Perez, you're right. We can give him the moment, give him the chance to go out there and play, man. When you have a young guy playing the playoffs, Perez, it increases his experience level, right? The confidence and all that stuff, he comes back to so next season even better. So that's what I like about a guy like Io. So that's one thing I look for when I hear about a guy like him at this age, this young in his career, already getting that kind of experience in the playoffs If when it happens. Looking at this 2021 season, which is the one that's in front of us and the one that all of us care about, Ayo Dusumu and that development is going to be very, very key because we already know about our big three. We already know about Levine. We all know about DeRozan, Vooch. And speaking of that big three, they fucking played phenomenally, put up video game numbers this week against the Hawks. DeRozan, 35 points. I mean, <laughs> Levine, 30 points. Vooch with 24. I mean, what can you say? I mean, these guys are performing. When when they went out and got Vooch last year, and I heard DeMar DeRozan, he went on a Knuckleheads podcast, and he talked about, he and Vooch had been talking about previously trying to find a way to play and team up together. So it's just smart how Eversley and AK went out there and identified Vooch. I don't think that that was by happenstance. They obviously knew that these two guys wanted to play together and they fucking make that shit happen. And he also talked about the fact of playing with Alonzo Ball, playing with Zach Levine. He said these things were all attractive to him. 
So that's why when you look at this Bulls team right now and you see the chemistry that they have, it's second to none. There's no egos between these guys. You guys, all, all these guys are all-stars. But the way that they play, the way that they share the ball, we are so fortunate, man, as Bulls fans right now to be blessed with this type of team. We deserve it. And I just want us all to sit back, not nitpick it, but enjoy it, audience. Enjoy it. This is the unselfish team. I want to be back on something that Coach uh, Fleming said about DeRozan. He was like in the huddle. DeRozan was like, hey, we can go ahead and go through Zach. I- I- I'll-, I'll follow his lead, you know. Let Zach go ahead, you know, and, and do his thing because he to take over. And I was like, man, DeRozan been doing great for us. And a guy like him is saying, hey, let Zach go ahead and be Zach. I can play off him. That's deep right there, Perez, because you don't hear a lot about star players talking about playing somebody that way, but it just shows the unselfishness of this team. And then you look at Vucevic, how he's been playing Lady Perez, how he's been getting involved with, and how he's been playing off of Zach and DeRozan and having some early star success. That's huge, because now he's starting to figure out where he can be successful at, right? And picking it, you know, starting the game off great. And that helps out in the long run. And then we got, you know, of course, DeRozan and Zach finished the game. So it's been a good way, a good team chemistry, man, how they work together and who's going to do what at what particular time. I want to talk about Vooch for a second because I noticed that the fans were starting to go after him a little bit because Vooch did have some struggles. And I still think that that was a big part of that was the fact that he was still trying to find his way within the team. He right. did get COVID earlier in the season. So he was working his way back. Vooch has been stepping it up. He's making a lot of people remember why this guy's a former All-Star. Also, I love how humble he is because the reporters were asking him about his performances and he was like, look, Stats are stats. It's cool. <laughs> but he was like, <laughs> right. You know, he, he almost kind of like downplayed it. Like, I don't really care, you know, how many points I score. I'm here to win ball games, And and I love that type of, of attitude, even though those numbers he put up were fucking sick. Those video game numbers, as I mentioned Ooh. earlier, they are not playing around right now. And you know what? That's not by default, though, Perez. You just watch his game. I mean, he's in there attacking the rebounds, right? He's going in there getting it. He's not waiting for it. So he's playing a little bit more physical than I've seen him play early on. And then he's just playing with a different type of energy level. You can see he's confident in shot making. He's confident off those pick and rolls when he actually set them. He's coming out ready to shoot or he's ready to you know, lay the ball up or dunk it. I mean, he's just getting comfortable playing with this team. Dude, Vooch, you can't say too much about him and what he's been able to do. But that fucking stat line, 24-17 and 6. Four blocks and he hit four three-pointers. He's showing it all, man. And, um... I think, like you said, Perez, he had to, I mean, work his way into it. So learn to play with this, this unit here. And the thing is, he's starting to find this game. So that's what you like to see about Vooch. Hope it continues, though. And that's what you want to see out of this guy. And like I said, you continue to get that type of performance out of him that goes and compliments what Levine and DeRozan are doing. Oh, man, this team here, we're doing all of this without Lonzo. We're doing all this without Caruso. There's so many pieces. Just imagine when this team gets back to full strength. I'm thankful, and this is going to sound crazy to people that hear me make this point. I'm thankful for these injuries in COVID because it's making this roster strong from top to bottom. You got guys that are being being forced to be put in positions that otherwise they weren't going to be put into, and look at how they're going to be. They're going to be better for it going down the stretch. Javante, Io. I mean, dude, these guys are being forced to, to play key roles right now. And Javante Green, I'm telling you, he is showing people he belongs in this league. That it forced the Bulls to move away from Alize Johnson, who was another guy that I really liked. And he quickly got picked up by the Wizards. But that's how much talent is on this team that a guy like Alize was released. They signed McKinney for the rest of the season. But that just goes to show you that there's just 
a lot of talent on this team right now. And think about it in years past. We didn't have that type of issue when it came to talent. We didn't have much talent on this roster. Well, it's a whole different story of the AK and Mark Everson. They have turned this team completely around. Audience, the Bulls, second best team in the Eastern Conference. I was very confident this team was going to be top four, but they've exceeded my expectations. What they're doing right now, I just see it is coming, and I want them to continue to keep pushing themselves to new heights. They got this whole city of Chicago buzzing, and we all believe, man. We all believe. We got a right to believe, man. It's shown us a whole lot. It's a good product out there. We win excitedly. We blowing teams out. That's nothing to hate on this Bulls team. I just highly encourage everybody to get out there and watch a game, man. Get to the stadium. Check these guys out, man, because, uh, hey, we didn't have it. We was all talking crazy about the team. But now that we do, we got to support it. And don't nitpick. Enjoy it. I still see a little bit of the nitpicking on, on Twitter. Enjoy this. This is a great team. This is going to be a really good season. Let's just sit back and enjoy it. If a guy has some struggles here and there, hey, it's, it's okay. We can hold people accountable, but it's a long season. <laughs> 82 games. Long <laughs> season. Relax. Get your popcorn. Enjoy it. Sometimes people be forgetting that, friends. It's a long season. We look at one game, maybe two games, person that struggle a little bit. It's like, hey, chill out, man. The guy's fine. You know, we'll be all right. You know, uh, sometimes it was a short, we had back-to-back games. Hey, let it go. These guys going to be fine down the road. So we, we got to relax when we see a player have a bad game. Can't really get beat them up too hard. No, no. But very excited here for our prospects here. I want to touch on some Chicago Bears talk real quick. So. The Chicago Bears are fresh off a, a recent come from behind victory over the Seattle Seahawks, 25 to 24. Still very excited about that. We got the New York Giants on the horizon. However, on our DV preview episode, we talked about that. We lost some Giants in, in football. John Madden. We don't even have to say anything about him and his impact of football. But here locally in Chicago, Jeff Dickerson, affectionately known as J.D., one of our premier best beat reporters in, in, in all of uh, the local sports here in Chicago, he succumbed to his battle with colon cancer. And it's been nothing short of amazing to see how the NFL, Chicago, Bears Nation has rallied around Parker, Jeff Dickerson's 11-year-old son, who's now lost both his parents to cancer. There was a GoFundMe that was set up for Parker. There's over $900,000 that has been donated to this kid and not only does that say a lot about people's hearts, you know, a lot of times people will sit here and they'll say the world is a fucked up place and this and that. But when I see stuff like this, it shows you that there's still some good in the world, but it also goes to show you that when you do good by people and Jeff Dickerson was a great person, this is what people do because they want to make sure that his son is going to be good going forward. You made a good point right there, man, with the support that JD has gotten for his son, of course. I mean, it's been excellent, man, just seeing people supporting him. Make you feel good to see that, man. And, and most importantly, it just shows you the type of person that J.D. was. It just really proves that point that you mentioned about how positive he was, how good of a gentleman he was. Even though he felt the Bears, he was also always trying to keep it 100. I love the fact that people are supporting this. It just makes me feel happy. And, and also just keep the kid in, in your prayers, too, you know, because um, it's going to be a challenge for him not having both of his parents, like prayers talked about. Take one step at a time. And when I saw that the Green Bay Packers gave a $25,000 donation to Parker's Fund, that's just class personified. And that just goes to show you that some things are bigger than sports or rivalries. So this is the first time you'll ever hear me, and probably the last time you'll hear me, but salute to the Green Bay Packers because that was class personified. 
the fact that they even realized how great of a person Jeff Dickerson was, but also prioritizing making sure that his kid has a future. That says right. a lot about them and their organization. We don't give Green Bay a lot of props. I salute that. All right, before we get out of here, audience, we have not done a lot of Chicago Sky content for you guys as of late because they're in their offseason. It's still always a good time to talk about the Chicago Sky because Chicago's very own Candace Parker was just named AP Female Athlete of the Year. So I want to give her more of her flowers. And it's so cool to see Candace, who's having the best year probably of her life, wins the championship in her hometown, AP Female Athlete of the Year, her and her wife are going to be having a kid. He's got so much going on right now. So salute to Candace Parker. 2021 is a phenomenal year for her. 2021 was a phenomenal year. And it's just good to see Candace Parker. She's happy for us. A lot of great things happen for her. She brought home a championship, like you mentioned already, man. It's been a joy, man. Just seeing that passion, the excitement from her all over and what she's done for the city, man. I'm just happy and thankful that the uh, WNBA recognized that, you know, her value and what she's done for Chicago. So uh, salute to Candace Parker. Hopefully we can duplicate this championship, get it next year. But I'm so happy for her. This is the second time that she's won this award, but she's also the only WNBA player to have taken home this award. So she's won it twice. She won it her rookie year when she was the Sparks. So Candace Parker got it again 13 years later. Yeah, salute to that. Let's talk about WNBA fantasy real quick, A-Dub. So the Chicago Sky, as most people know, they have a lot of people that are lining up here in free agency. So me and A-Dub are going to give some of our predictions for Chicago for the Chicago Sky free agency before we get out of here. These are just our guesses. We don't have any inside information as of, as of now. You know, that could change. But <laughs> yes, Coach Wade has about $900,000 in cap space. So when I'm looking at this right now, these are just my observations, and I'm going to kick it over to A-Dub. So we're going to start with Courtney Vandersloot. My prediction is that she's going to resign, and it'll probably be a one-year contract. I think she'll resign as well, Press. And I talked about this a little earlier in the summer. I said, this is the first time in her career that she has said that she's going to be open to free agency and all that entails. But she said that the Chicago Sky would get the first call. So I hope that that's the first call that he makes, and the second call better be the Kalia Copper. But in this situation, when it comes to Courtney Vandersloot, we got to bring her back home. She's expressed interest in returning, but the fact that she's open to free agency, Coach Wade, get it done, man. We can use this young lady running our offense. I mean, without her, we don't have anybody who can do what she does. So let's try to get Courtney back on his roster. All right, the second name, and I just talked about her a second ago, Clea Copper. She knows her value after not only her all-star season, but coming off that finals MVP year. She knows she's going to be worth a max contract. So A-Dub, my prediction is she re-signs with the Chicago Sky on a three-year max contract. What say you? Hey, look, you know what? That could be it, Briss. That could be it, obviously, right there. I think she signs back with us. It could be a one-year deal in that core rule, or she might get a max. But you know what? I still think she's going to be back with this team. Yeah, and that's a good point about the core designation because that could be a way that they could keep her in the fold as well. But either way, I think Coach Wade does what it takes to bring her back here. Also, the fact that her and Candace Parker have a really good relationship, I think that bodes well for us as well because on a personal level, and you think about what you do, A-Dub, every day for, uh, for work, Sometimes those personal relationships keep you within an organization more so than being at the organization itself. Man, Perez, you just kept it real, bro. <laughs> you just kept it real. You're right. 
those relationships do make a huge difference. And I think, you know what, like you say, with her and Candace Parker, that's that could be the difference maker. And Kalia Copper could be setting up to be that potential Chicago Sky franchise player when Candace Parker maybe decides to hang them up because we don't know how much longer Candace is thinking about playing, but by signing her to that three-year deal, Clea Copper could be that face of the franchise potential. So far, so good. I mean, she had a great season, too. And like you say, the finals MVP, hey, why not? Why not? All right, the next person up, Allie Quigley. Now, wife of Courtney Vandersloot. The Allie Quigley also comes back on a one-year contract. And what I think is going to happen here, this would be her swan song. This would be her, like, last dance here in Chicago. But I think that she comes back for one more season to run it back. Yeah, definitely, Perez. It's like they come with a dual package, her and uh, Courtney, right? It's like, hey, you convince Courtney to come back. Hey, Courtney, convince, convince uh, Allie to go ahead and come back and play with us, right? And you hit a good point. See, we can repeat. A lot of it depends on the fact that she if she decides to retire or not, because after the season, she did say she was going to spend the next couple of months thinking about what her future would look like. So a lot of times, you know, with a player like her who's accomplished a lot in the game, she may, yeah. she may decide, hey, I might want to hang it up. So we'll see. I hope she decides to come back because, man, I love us shooting the gun. Yeah, and that would be something that would be really nice to have on this on this team next year. So I hope that Allie decides to bring it back. I hope she also decides to talk her wife, Courtney, into coming back as well. But it, I would love to make sure that we can retain a lot of these key pieces to the team. Absolutely, Chris. Stephanie Dolson, A-Dub, I think that she also resigns. I don't think that she'll probably come back at the contract that she was on last season. I think they'll have to bring her back at a reduced contract. But Stephanie has a lot of value to this team, and I hope that she comes back and serves in a reserve role for us. I would love to see Stephanie come back, but I don't think she does. But you know what? I'm with you, though. I hope she comes back, man. I'll be happy. But for some reason, I just have a, a thought that I don't think she's going to come back. And that could be probably due to, you know, uh, what we're going to do with the draft pick that we have. I'm going to get the seventh draft pick and then uh, the draft. I'm not sure what they're going to do with that part of it. And, uh, you know, it also comes down with, you know, like I said, with contracts and stuff like that. The thing that gives me reason for optimism, Stephanie, she went on a, a podcast recently and she said that taking less money to remain part of a championship contender team is not unrealistic. So it's already she's already going into mm-hmm. it thinking that that's probably going to be part of her reality. Also, the fact that she even recognized on that podcast that we just won a championship. So she said, hey, it's not hard to think about coming back to a team like that. So honestly... I think she will come back. I think it'll be on that reduced contract. And like I said, she'll run it back for one more year. You're going to get a lot of people that are going to be thinking about, let's try to defend this championship. And I think that's going to help a lot of people make their decisions on coming back. I hope she comes back, Chris. All right. Diamond DeShields, A-Dub. She is going to be a restricted free agency. The possibilities for her in free agency are going to be endless. I mean, just, I mean, I'm just, I, I actually, I, <laughs> Ooh, this, is, this is gonna be tough. I know. <laughs> I think that another team is probably gonna sign her to an offer sheet, and I think it's gonna force Coach Wade to have to match that offer sheet. But I think that the Shields and Kalia Copper, I think they're gonna be future. Uh, they're gonna be vital to the future of this franchise, and I think those are gonna be kind of the future faces of what we're gonna do here. But in my mind here, I know another team is probably going to sign her to an offer sheet. I think it's going to force Coach Wade to have to match uh, a salary that he probably didn't envision he was going to have to pay. Because of the max deal, they probably wanted somebody, not max deal, whatever the offer sheet's going to be, to where it's going to be very intriguing for us to try to match. 
we might be able to do so, we might not. I was thinking that it's probably going to be too much for uh, Wade to probably match. So maybe do a trade or something, Chris. So I thought that was going to force Iron Hand to do something like that. So I was thinking that we may not keep Diamond because of her price range, man. Fair point. Now think about this. She went to high school in Atlanta. The team that might sign her to that office, she did, might be the dream. However, a lot of people, when they pick apart or when they talk about Diamond's game, they pick apart her offensive inconsistencies. But they don't talk about how vital she was on defense. We talked about that a ton on this show. I believe that she could return back to her form. I see that ability in her. And I think that Coach Wade's are probably going to also see that. And he's going to keep her here. Because like I said, I think her and Clea Copper are going to be the future of this franchise going forward. I hope Wade can keep her press because I do like her defense. It's not a lot of wings out there that can do what she does. So will her and Khalil Copper play together? I just know that, hey, there's no shortage on defense with those two. They're going to make it tough for any any guards out there. Yeah, I just think she needs to work on getting her confidence back. But I think I think she'll be good. She'll be fine. Our last person is Lexi Brown, also another restricted free agent. She proved a lot of value, I thought, as a backup point guard. But I think she's going to get an offer that Coach Wade will not match. I was thinking she might get an offer that Coach, that Coach Wade might want to match. I thought she'd be probably of the two between her and Diamond. She was, that she was probably the most affordable one. So she was probably going to be worth more than she is. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you, you're talking about two different players, but Courtney Vandersloot, that's going to be our starter. Dana Evans proved herself very valuable to this team down the stretch. And I think that she's going to end up taking Lexi Brown's minutes, and that's going to make Lexi Brown expendable. So when I look at what we have here, I think Dana Evans' role is going to expand a little bit in 2022. You know what? That's a very good point right there you brought up. We still got somebody else that can do similar things. So she could be expendable. But you know what? I do like Lexi Brown. We'll see what happens there. Well, audience, final segment time, if this city could talk. And in the spirit of a theme that we've talked about pretty much throughout this episode, we talked about COVID-19. With rising cases that are just happening here in Chicago, with people passing away from COVID, please be safe out there. Do the right thing, not only for yourself, And for those that you come in contact with, if this city could talk, it would give a shout out to Marissa Fatouye. Now, she shared her story on TikTok. If you guys aren't familiar, she's a teacher that was flying to Iceland. She noticed that her throat started to hurt on the flight. She took a self-test and it turned out she was positive. To keep from infecting other people on that flight, she talked to a flight attendant and they agreed that she would spend the rest of the flight isolated in the restroom of the flight. Five hours. She stayed isolated in the bathroom away from the rest of the passengers. If this city could talk, it's examples of what Marissa did in that moment that could keep other people from getting sick and it could save other people's lives. Do the right thing. Beautiful story right there, man. And doing that, again, someone showing us what the right thing looks like. If this city can talk, it will say 2020 is here. It's very important for leadership to pretty much be better than it was last year. Because a lot of things that's going on with leadership, it's shown that with COVID, how people have been feeling, it's changing. And I talked to a lot of people in Chicago, of course, a lot of companies, and that's a major deal. So I'm looking for those who are in leadership to really grow, to expand, to listen, right, to people that you're working with. Because it's a big problem out here that people are experiencing from a mental standpoint. And they're going to need their leaders to really be involved, to hear them out, to truly understand them. So I would just say leadership is going to be that next phase that we're going to have to really much thrive in this coming year. Well, the spirit of this show is brought to you by Crave It. Join us on our exclusive community at Chicago Versus. The Crave It app can be found on Apple and Android applications. 
for the Chicago State of Mind. Happy New Year, and we'll talk to y'all in 2022. You asked all my teammates, the one thing about Michael Jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do. I'm only doing it because it is who I am. That's how I played the game. That was my mentality. If you don't want to play that way, don't play that way.